You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, and I wanted to uh, start today with some TCU football talk, and then we'll kind of go from there. But um, it's Wednesday, it's May 12th, and thank you for joining the show. Uh, I wanted to talk about this. This all kind of stemmed from a tweet I saw today, and it made me think of the TCU running back situation. I wanted to bring up something that I think is going to be important for the Frogs going into this season, and. The tweet was from uh, Pro Football Focus, which they do um, a pretty intense grading of players uh, on a weekly basis, a, a game-by-game basis, and they named their top five returning running backs in college football. So number one is Tank Bigsby from Auburn. Number two is Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. We're familiar with his work. Another Big 12 guy, uh, Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma. Number four, Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama. And number five, Jerron Early from Old Miss. And um, a couple of Big 12 guys in there, and Deuce Vaughn and Kennedy Brooks. Now, this was a highly debated list because, one, Brees Hall, who uh, is the running back for Iowa State, he had a fantastic year last year. So, obviously, people thought he was snubbed because he is coming back for this season. And then Bajon Robinson from Texas, another young player, a freshman, who had an amazing season last year for UT down the stretch. Now, it wasn't super consistent because he didn't get a ton of opportunities early in the year, but once he did, you saw that he was the five-star running back that people thought he was going to be coming from the state of Arizona. Now, Zach Evans was not on this list, and I'm not here to complain about Zach Evans not being on the list because um, he had 415 yards on the season. Now, he only had 54 carries. He averaged 7.7 yards per carry, so he made the most of his opportunities, and he had four touchdowns, and he ran for over 100 yards in the last two games of the season. So he got better as the season went on, which was a big plus, but he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't a 1,000-yard rusher. He's not coming back with this amazing production, even though he was effective when they did get him the football. But the reason that Zach came to mind is because I think Zach Evans has the talent to be that type of player, like to be the guy that next season you're looking at and you're saying, wow, he's one of the top five running backs, you know, in college football coming back. And they got a couple guys that were freshmen last year in Quentin Johnson and Zach Evans that I believe have that kind of potential. Like they, they're both sort of in similar situations and that they haven't shown a whole lot yet, but um, they were really effective in the limited opportunities that they've had, which is good, which is, you know, a good thing for TCU, obviously. But the reason I bring Zach up is because one thing that concerns me as a TCU fan, as someone who follows the team, is they have a really good deep running back room. And that in itself is not a concern. That's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. What I do worry about, though, is, you know, I can't go as far as to say that last season Zach showed that he was head and shoulders better than the rest of the running backs in Fort Worth. And I think it's it's worth noting that the reason that was given as to why he didn't play a lot early in the season is because he missed a number of practices due to COVID protocols. And because of that, he wasn't up to speed on the offense. Like he just didn't know enough about the offense um, to get in and, and play. And he didn't understand the nuances of what he was supposed to do. Um, so that's, that was the reason given as to why he didn't play a lot as a freshman, which is understandable. That being said, as the year went on and the last couple of games of the season rolled around, you saw that Zach Evans 
was the best running back on the team. I think that was very obvious. And that's no offense to Darwin Barlow and Kendra Miller and uh, Amari DiMercato, anybody who was toting the rock. I, I think they have a very deep running back room, and that's a good thing. Here's here's my concern. I hope that if it's clear early in the season that Zach is the best running back, that he can step into that role as the workhorse and as the guy that's going to get 20 touches a game. You know, a few years back, TCU had a really good two-headed monster at running back in Darius Anderson and Sewu Awanalua. And as much as I love Sewu and kind of his change of pace and his big physical style, I always thought Darius was the more explosive player, and I just thought it was sometimes um, a disservice to him that he didn't get more chances to carry the ball over and over again and get in a rhythm. And I, I really like Darwin Barlow. I think he's a great – I think he's a good player. I think he's good back. Um, and he was good for them last year. And Kendra Miller at times last season was really effective and ran hard and I think gave the team energy and gave them some juice. But you need those guys to be good complements – to who your main player is going to be, which is what we hope, who we hope is Zach Evans. Now, maybe it's not. I mean, maybe one of these other running backs emerges. But I think it would be disappointing considering, you know, the potential that Zach has and who he is as a player and what he did at North Shore if he doesn't step up and become the guy that's obviously the best running back on the team. But that's all going to be brought out in competition. I mean, Marcel Brooks was a five-star recruit out of high school. Really, really good player. And I know everybody was like, man, Marcel's going to come in. He can play outside linebacker. He can be an edge rusher. He can maybe go on inside linebacker. He played some safety. Like, there's all these different positions that he can play and use his athleticism. But at the end of the day, he didn't see the field because uh, he was banged up. He couldn't get the defense down. And he didn't see much action. So that was disappointing, but at the same time, other guys were more effective. And that could be a possibility here too. But I just think it's important to know and it's important to understand who your most talented running back is. And I feel like as cool as it is to have a, a bunch of different guys that can run and change change up the pace and the tempo and change up the running style, if you have that one dude that you can give the ball to 20 times a game and let them go to work, then that's a comp- I mean that's a totally different um, problem and I think it's a, a, a problem that defenses can't necessarily solve if they know that guy's going to get the ball, and then he can break free. So I hope that somebody emerges in that running back room. Coming up next, I want to talk some more TCU football. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market, um, and it's good for you. That's one great thing about it. It's only 180 calories. And, you know, when I was recently, and I know this is kind of a unique situation, but when I was recently dealing with strep throat and some, some other illness, Built Bar is one of the few things that I could eat, and it was – good for me it was helpful 
and it wasn't too hard on my body. Like it was, I could eat it. I felt refreshed. I, I felt full. I didn't have to worry about, you know, it, it hurting me or anything like that. When I had strep throat, Built Bar was a really good resource for me. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 20% off your next order. Cookies and cream, peanut butter, German chocolate are some of my favorite flavors. Try it today, BuiltBar.com. Okay, back here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host, and I wanted to share um, something with you. This is, so Travis Hodges Tomlinson, he stepped into that number one corner role last season and did a fantastic job. I think he stepped up in a big way for TCU um, when they needed somebody to come and take the reins at that position. And I spoke with his high school coach today, Jeff Hume. Um, Travius went to Midway High School in Waco. And he was a safety in high school. And he was a playmaker. He was a dude that made plays. But he was a safety in high school. He was kind of undersized. And they moved him to corner in college. And I remember I was actually at the game in Fort Worth when they played Baylor a couple of years ago when he made his first start as a true freshman. And he did a really nice job that day on Tyquan Thornton, who's a good wide receiver. Uh, Jeff Gladney had to match up with Denzel Mims, and he got the assignment on Tyquan. And I was like, man, this might be a long day for Travius. But I hope that, you know, it's it's a good good experience for him. And he was fantastic. Like, he stepped up and did an incredible job from start to finish for TCU. So I, I was obviously really proud of him and the way he played uh, and was even more proud of the way he played last year, having to become a starter kind of on the fly like that. That's um, that's tough to do, and, and that speaks to you know who he was as a player and his ability to be ready when his moment came up. But I just asked Jeff Hume, his high school football coach, about you know how much he saw Travius last year, what he thought about the way that he played, and um, him kind of stepping up in a big situation. So here's what Jeff said about his former player, Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Well, I tell you what, uh, number one, uh, I'm not surprised at all, but just because the, the the player and the person he was here at Midway, you know, Travis has always been a very confident young man. Uh, even when colleges weren't confident in him because he was only five foot nine. Right. And, you know, so he took that as a, you know, he goes to teach you with a big chip on his shoulder and, and then combine that with the confidence he has in his ability and his ability. Uh, Cause it's certainly not false confidence. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I mean, you're bringing up past players. I'm glad you did that. You know, Jackson player was rolling through here today and worked out and, you know, got after in the weight room and then ran in the, in our Mac a little bit. And so it was good for our players to see him and, and, uh, you know, just listening and, and listening to his story and what, you know, he's about to graduate in December, you know, so that's three and a half years at Tulsa and he's, and he's getting his degree wow. and, uh, he's got a chance to be, uh, the, you know, one of the first, uh, midway players to ever be drafted, uh, next year. Uh, he's got good, uh, you know, he's got good feedback from the NFL coaches with, with what he does. So, you know, it's great to see him. It's great to see Travis have success. I'm excited about what Tanner's going to do at SMU and what Katori's doing at Kansas State and <laughs> yes. David Preby at UCLA. I mean, it's just, you know, it's fun to keep up with those guys. And what's great is those guys always come back. You know, they always come back home and, and get a workout in and, and, and talk to us and talk to the players. And it's just a lot of fun. So he brought up something there that I hadn't given a lot of thought to when in, in regards to Travis and his play, and, and that's that, you know, Hodges is kind of undersized. And I think that's a big deal 
um, that he can still play at a high level because, you know, when you're an undersized corner, the first thing I think about is, well, teams are going to try to pick on you in the red zone. You know, on, the, on those fade patterns in the corner of the end zone, they're going to say, well, let's, let's use this height advantage and try to get the ball to our wide receivers. But I honestly think, even though that can work, um, in today's game, that's actually a pretty low percentage throw. And I, I feel like corners have gotten better at kind of learning how to use the sidelines as another defender. But that size, I mean, it comes up all over the field. Like, receivers can try to box you out. They can try to big body you and make plays over the middle. And Hodge's ability to play a lot of man coverage, which Gary asked him to do, when he's giving up that size is huge. And I just think Travius's technique really stood out last season. Um, you know, when, when Keon Stewart went down and Noah Daniels went down, all of a sudden he's, he's the dude. Like, he's the guy every week that you have to circle and say, well, I hope he holds up well because – you know that TCU's going to play a lot of man coverage. You know that they're going to take some risk, and it's up to those corners to stay out there on an island and be the guys that can make plays. So the fact that he did that was was massive for this defense. And, you know, I remember that West Virginia game. It was a struggle, right? Like, he, you know, he, he didn't play super well at times. But there was a moment in that West Virginia game where he got beat, um, and he recovered, and he got down the field, and he made a pass breakup. You know, in that UT game last year, like, he had some big pass breakups. And I think as the season went on, he just gained more and more confidence and became that strong sort of stalwart on the outside, which was big because C.J. Caesar, who ended up, you know, playing on the other side of Travius during the season, um, he struggled at times. And you needed somebody to step up and be that number one corner that could make plays and make things happen. So I, I think at corner this year, they're going to be so deep. You got Noah Daniels coming back from injury. Um, you imagine he's going to be really effective. You know, we'll see where kind of Keon Stewart is. CJ Caesar got some valuable experience, even though at times he seemed a little lost out there. He still got a chance to uh, play a lot of man coverage, play in some high-pressure situations, go up against good wide receivers. And then Travis Hodges-Tomlinson was another dude who maybe going into the season you didn't think he was going to have to be someone who played a lot of man-to-man and matched up against um, you know some of the better athletes in the Big 12. But he had to do that, and I felt like he stepped up to the plate and was super effective. So um, I think that corner spot is going to be a strength through TCU. That's something – that has not always been, you know, the strongest part of this football team. But right now it feels like a a part of the team that's going to take a big leap in 2021. And I'm excited to see how those guys play and play effectively on Saturdays. Um, Coming up next, we'll wrap up. But before we do that, let's talk about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He does a fantastic job covering all sports, but, you know, especially right now, NBA, MLB, combat sports, UFC, and boxing. He has all the latest bets. He'll tell you how to make some money. He'll tell you how to make some money on prop bets. Um, Anything and everything, any way that you can kind of wager and see how to uh, get involved, Lee's going to have the inside scoop on how to do it in the best way. He's going to give you advice on how to start making money. BetOnline.ag, again, they're your online sportsbook experts. It's just a good website to go to 
if you want to check out, um, you know, hey, where what's uh, what's the latest injury news? What's going on in the world of sports? BetOnline.ag. You can use the promo code Locked On and get a twenty percent sign up bonus. Try it today. One more time. That's BetOnline.ag. Okay, final segment here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. And before we before we go, I just want to say um, I was checking out D1 Baseball today, and they put out a, a new projection of the field of 64, kind of college baseball bracketology, and TCU is still a national seed. Now, they had been a, the number three national seed in these projections the last few weeks, but they're sitting at number five, so they're still right there. And we'll find out host sites. There will be 20 host sites that will get willed down to 16. We'll find out the 20 host sites. This week, I, I definitely expect Fort Worth to be included in that. I hope Fort Worth is included in that. Um, and then big series, they did not play tonight on Tuesday night. That game got canceled. But big series coming up this weekend for the Frogs. They take on Kansas State, and they're going to need uh, probably to sweep to win the Big 12 outright. They do have a one-game lead on Texas. So if West Virginia could come up with an upset on one day, that would be huge. But hopefully the Frogs can take care of business and leave no doubt and win the Big 12 outright. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.